Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. James Johnson Jr., also known as Coach Jim Johnson, focuses on leading by example and leaves a profit wherever he goes. In other words, he wants to make everything he touches get better. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. If you want to make money and change lives by selling your knowledge online, do not launch an online course. Only 6% of those are ever completed. Create instead your own branded app and launch the ultimate learning experience that sells. Passion.io is a drag-and-drop platform where you create interactive content to sell using your own branded app. Forget any tech hassle. You deserve a platform that makes it easy. You can move your existing clients, you can reach new clients, or you can even swap your online course for something that actually works. Delight clients with downloadable and even live content. You can trigger instant action using push notifications, generate more revenue with single touch payment, and you can stream across all devices. Best yet, Try it for free for 14 days at masterleadership.org forward slash passion. Welcome, Jim Johnson. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Well, we're so happy to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Absolutely. Awesome. Now, Jim, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Sure. So, I grew up in a uh, sports family. My, both my parents were educators. My dad was actually my high school basketball coach. So in high school, although I played many sports, basketball became my first love. So after high school, of course, uh, like a lot of young people, I thought I was going to play in the NBA. And then when I got to college and realized I uh, got cut from my college team, and realized I wasn't going to play in the NBA. Uh, but I still wanted to be in education and I wanted to coach. So I studied physical education and ended up getting a degree in teaching and also uh, was able to get into coaching right away. And I actually got an opportunity. My dream was to come back home. I lived in a suburb of Rochester, New York, and my goal was to be a varsity basketball coach as soon as I possibly can. And that dream came through fairly quickly. I became a head coach at 25 years old and thought I was going to turn this program that wasn't very good from the outhouse to the penthouse in a very short period of time. Well, it didn't quite work out like that. In fact, I led that team to 17 consecutive losses. And then I ended up leaving that job. Of course, I was 
pushed out of the job because they told me you're fired. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a very humbling experience, but it ended up being the best professional experience for me uh, because it really woke me up and made me realize if I wanted it to be a head coach that I had to become a better leader. And that's when I really started my leadership journey. And I started to to read a lot and study about leadership, both, you know, in basketball coaching, but also in general leadership. Uh, I just was very curious of how to build teams and be a great leader. And fortunately, I was able, after a year getting mentored by a local college coach, I got back into the high school level, a head coaching job. And then after a few years of that, I got an opportunity to get back to my hometown of Greece, New York, which is the largest suburb of Rochester, and became a head coach at one of the high schools. We have four high schools in our town. And that's where I ended up. I coached 27 years in my school district, seven at one school called Greece Olympia. And then I finished my career 20 years at Greece Athena. But back in 2006, I had a very unique experience and certainly the most touching experience ever in coaching a young man named Jason McElwain that the world now knows as J-Mac. He's on the autism spectrum and he wanted to play in our basketball program. Well, he got cut three consecutive years, but he continued to stay in the program serving as our team manager. And his senior year, when he didn't make the team again, I said, I wanted to give him a gift. The gift was I wanted to give him an opportunity to suit up for our final home game, which we call senior night. And I was able to get him in with about four minutes to go. And he missed his first shot. In fact, he missed his first shot, which was a three-pointer by about five feet. It wasn't even close. And I know you're not supposed to pray in the public schools, but I was praying, dear God, please help him get one basket. His second shot was a much closer shot. So he hit the rim, but didn't go in. And then he made a three-pointer. And I thought to myself, God must be a basketball fan. Not only has Jason scored, he's got a three-pointer. It can't get better than this, right? wrong for the next three minutes. Jason's idol was Kobe Bryant, unfortunately, that passed away earlier this year. And for the next three minutes, Jason turned into his idol, Kobe, and he just started making shot after shot. Wow, I'm getting goosebumps. In fact, the two things I'll never forget that uh, were very touching to me was about a minute ago after Jason had made a number of baskets, uh, I get a tap on my shoulder. Of course, I have tears rolling running down my face because I can't believe what's happening. I look behind me and it's J-Mac's mother. And she's crying her eyes out. And she says, coach, this is the best gift you could ever give my son. Of course, I cried harder. I was so touched. And then how the game ended, Jason had scored all these baskets. I had no idea how many points he has. And our opponents spend support. And I want to give kudos to their coach and their players. They were great sports that night. But they score, and our player takes it out of bounds and normally throws it right to our point guard, but he throws it to Jason. And Jason's dribbling down the court, and the clock is ticking down, and he pulls up like two feet behind a three-point arc. And I'm thinking, Jason, don't shoot for that. That's way too far. He launches this rainbow, and swish, it goes in. And I look over, and our complete student body from the stands run on the floor. Our players run on the floor. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm living the movie Rudy, but this is really happening. And then uh, to finish it off, Jason's parents have an interesting dynamic. His dad is six foot six, and his mom is five foot two. And I see this little bitty lady bobbing and weaving through the entire crowd, and she gives him a big hug. And then our players put Jason up on their shoulders, and he's got the game ball over his head. And at that point, I had no idea how many points he had scored. And our public address announcer comes on and says, 
The leading scorer for the Trojans tonight, James Heck, with 20 points. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if he'd have played the whole game and scored 160 points at that clip. It was truly the most remarkable thing. And the two things that I want to highlight is, number one, is that we had had some real internal strife. In fact, I wrote a book. My first book is called The Coach and a Miracle. And it's all life lessons. But the neat thing was because we had so much strife, our team was divided for a lot of the year. But we started to come together. And this super nice thing was, you know, I always was preaching team every day. And when the Jason got in the game, I never asked the players to pass Jason the ball. Yet in those last four minutes, they passed the ball to him every time. They did it out of their own hearts. So that was really neat. And the other thing from a personal experience was that I've seen some ripple effects where I've seen some team managers put into various sports, which I think is really neat. But I thought I did it for all the right reasons. We had no media there. In fact, the only media responsibility I had after the game was to call in our score. And I did tell them about Jason scoring all those points. I thought they'd make a big deal out of it, and they didn't. Uh, They just had a small article about it. And what happened the next day, because there was a buzz around school that next day, and we were watching the video, and the kids were going crazy, and, uh, you know, tears were flowing, and it was really neat. But what I didn't know, Jason's speech pathologist had never come to a game, but he came that night. He called one of our local TV stations and said, you've got to come and borrow this video. It's the best thing I've ever seen in sports. And one of our local TV stations did that and showed it that night. And from there, it just spread like wildfire. Then within a week, we were on CBS Evening News. We were on Good Morning America, ESPN, you name it. And of course, at that point, we had never won what we call our sectional championship. And that was Jason and I, like one of our major goals. And the crazy thing is, is after all that hysteria, we got focused again and we actually won our first section five championship three weeks later in front of a sold out of arena of about 11,000 people. Oh, wow. so, I remember seeing that in the news. Yeah, yeah, it's on ESPN. It's got a lot of hits. And, uh, and the neat thing is Jason and I are still quite close. I've retired from coaching after that season people started to invite me to speak. So I started doing a motivational talk and I still do that, but I love leadership. So I've studied leadership. I've read well over a thousand books on teamwork and leadership and success. So I started uh, doing a lot of talks uh, to businesses and to schools about leadership, which I really enjoy and how to build a successful team and those types of things. So um to cap off my coaching career, I ended up coaching for 10 more years after that. And after two years away from the program, Jason actually came back and was my volunteer assistant for nine of those years. And we ended up winning four more championships together. So oh, as wow. I kid people, he's uh, for a small fee, I'll run him out to you because he's a good luck charm. So I was going to say, you should write a book, but you did write a book. Wow. What an amazing story. Now, I know that our listeners are thinking, where can we see this clip? So where can we see the clip? Where can we get in touch with you? Tell us more about that. Sure. So my website is coachjimjohnson.com. And on that, we do have the clip. You also, if you Google it, JMAC video, it's on ESPN. There's multiple hits on that. And also on my website, I have a free newsletter you can sign up, but we also do a free weekly blog. We do some videos. So there's a lot of free content that people can pick up. And certainly if anybody's interested in I'm making a transition right now. I just started doing virtual programs and hopefully I don't have to do that for the rest of my life, but that's part of the game right now in the speaking world. That's right. Now, as you were speaking, Jim, I wrote down some words 
that to me are pillars of leadership. And it just shows, you said you're a student of leadership. You said you're a practitioner of leadership for years. So I wrote down humble, curious, and mentor. And I also wrote down ripple because okay. those are key words that to me, strong, authentic, effective leadership, those are pillars for that. Right. Let's just pick one of those and talk about why that's important. The more that I learned about leadership, I'll pick the word humility. I, I think it's so essential that leaders have this sense of humility and that they really show that their number one care is for their people. You know, that old adage, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care is so essential in leadership. And the fact that I believe the best leaders are training. So go, I guess I'm going into another word, mentoring, but they develop other leaders. And I believe the best leaders are ones that when things go great, they give the credit to their people and they're humble. And when things aren't going so well, they take the ultimate responsibility. It's my fault. I need to change my leadership style to best fit this team or organization that I'm leading. I think humility is so essential to being a successful leader. And, you know, a lot of the studies, I've read a lot of the books, good to great, and it all comes out that humility is one of the major factors on people that are long-term and successful leaders. And I love that. Um, Sorry, I had a thought and it just went. Does that happen to you? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, more than than it used to. (laughs) So, you know, another thing that was highlighted as you were talking, which is very powerful in leadership, is how you value others. And it just shows in how you valued this player. You saw the value in him and you added value to him. How important is it to add value as a leader? I think that's another hugely essential key to a leader is great question that I believe effective leaders ask is, what are you working on and how can I best support you? Those are two questions that leaders should be asking all the time. You know, I'm really big into uh, servant leadership, but I think really is the more I've studied leadership is we probably shouldn't even use that because to me, that's what the essence of leadership is, is when you turn as a leader and your servant and finding ways to add and create value for your people that are on your team and the people you work with. So I think it's essential to be an effective leader that you are constantly trying to find ways to create value uh, for your people and to grow them. I have this one talk called the 10 questions all effective leaders should be able to answer. And one of the questions is, do you have a personal growth plan? You know, are you intentional about trying to get better each day? And I think as a leader, you know, the number one person you got to lead is yourself. So you should be growing yourself. And then the second part is to lead others. You got to help them grow and find ways to add value to them consistently on a daily basis. Hey, leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Feelings of employee isolation decreases productivity up to 21%. Socializing between team members improves communication patterns more than 50%. Create Magic at Work offers tools that skill build in emotional intelligence, EQ, and spiritual intelligence, SQ. One tool they offer are journal prompt cards that invite you to connect and reflect about different themes in the workplace. 
a deck of 33 beautiful gloss stock cards. Each card contains an affirmation and two questions regarding the workplace to consider. Utilize them virtually, in a group, or individually to create a workplace where employees are highly engaged. Create a company with less ego-induced drama, where people work hard but with less stress. Go to createmagicatwork.net forward slash tools to get your own deck of journal prompt cards today. Are you looking for a way to promote racial and social justice in your work setting, but aren't quite sure what to do or how? As a leader, you know there's more that can be done, but it seems overwhelming. If that describes you, join Dr. Jean Ladding and her expert team in the Pathfinders Membership Program. They provide you with knowledge and skills in a supportive community on how to champion change using work that is grounded in research. To learn more, go to leadingconsciously.com forward slash pathfinders or email info at leadingconsciously.com. You spoke about having been in the educational space for over 27 years. I've been in that space for over 25. It's one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. to help us all master leadership and grow effectively. What's one thing that you see in education that we could improve in leadership? My one major concern right now, um, because I retired a few years ago, but it was towards the tail end of my career, I saw it getting magnified and I was um, concerned and I still am is that I saw a lot of pressure on the top leaders and, you know, I'm talking superintendents and principals and assistant principals is how can we get our graduation rate higher? And one of the things that I think is really important is yes, we want to find ways to help young people graduate. But I think more importantly is are we teaching them how to be effective as people, understanding the importance of learning, understanding of you know, you have responsibilities because what I found that uh, my concern was is that we were trying to circumvent things that are so essential to be successful in our society, like hard work and being respectful to people and being reliable. You know, like I remember one time late in my career, I had an administrator come in and it was a young lady that I hadn't seen in six months. <laughs> And she says, what can we do to help Susie graduate? And I'm like, well, this number one, we, uh, as Woody Allen said, 80% of success is just showing up. Mm-hmm. So if she starts by showing up, that would be very helpful. Um, so I think that was the one thing that I was concerned about education as we're going forward is that we're trying to figure out ways that I don't think are the best ways to graduate students. We certainly want to graduate, but I think our most important factor in education is getting young people to be successful in the biggest game, the game of life, you know, and that means academically, that means socially, that means being a good citizen. You know, those are things that I think, you know, whether the schools want to take responsibility, I think they certainly have and should take that responsibility in trying to prepare young people so they can be successful after they graduate from high school. That speaks to what I always have on my heart is that leadership skills should be taught in schools. As you know, leadership skills are all social emotional skills, leading yourself well so that you can lead others well. Right. Now, we're hopefully at the tail end of the COVID-19 virus and also some other unrest that is happening in the U.S. So there's a lot going on. Right. What 
quotes or advice or practice has helped you most during this crisis? One of my favorite Americans that I've studied quite a bit because I was so fascinated being a white person was Dr. Martin Luther King. And I love a lot of his quotes. And one of the quotes that I really always go back to, and it wasn't exactly his words, but I'm paraphrasing. He said, we can all be great because service leads to greatness and we're all capable of serving. And that is something that I always go back to is that when we have tough times, like we are right now, you know, we have a divided country in many ways, which is unfortunate. But I always go back to, you know, what you had mentioned before is how can you provide value and serve others? And I think when we keep that as our forefront, then it can get us back together and unite us for a common cause. And I think that's the other thing is having a railing cry right now that something that's going to unite us to do something special together. Because when we're divided, we're going to go down this wrong path. I just think it's so important that we always go back to service. And the other huge word for me is respect. I really think if we're not treating everybody with respect, and having empathy and trying to understand is uh, Stephen Covey in one of his habits, which I love, is to seek first to understand before being understood. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that right now we're lacking overall is we're not looking to have empathy and understanding for other people. And I think mm-hmm. that's uh, hugely important if we're going to get back united. Respect and one of the things that I'm looking at during this time is honoring because even yes. if you're on different sides of the spectrum, it's important to honor each other as human beings. Absolutely. And that's something that I continue to look at in myself, right? Because I can't help others if I'm not being the change. You've mentioned service many times. And I love that being a servant leader. And I think in education, and we'll speak education, because that's the space in which we play. Right. uh, And I believe that many people have that heart of service. But let's talk about Yeah, we can serve other people, but we also have to take care of ourselves, right? And that's important because I've had this conversation so many times with educators, with educational leaders in self-care. But that's Mm -hmm. also where we also have to have a plan of growth, Right. right? So speak into that. You're so correct. One of my leadership talks, one of the first questions they ask is, who's the first person you got to lead? And it's pretty obvious, but not everybody answers. It's you, you know? And so, you know, going back to some of the things that I will challenge people is, for example, do you have a personal wellness plan? Because I believe to be successful in life, you have to be intentional. So if you don't have plans and then put them into action, you know, like I'll say to my students, because, you know, I'm really big on leading by example. So I expected, especially my basketball team, because I built a program where we got very close and you try to build it as the united group. I would always talk about, I expected them to be in great shape. Well, you know, I'm in my 60s now, so I'm not going to be as good a shape as probably some of them. But at the same time, I did take a lot of pride, and I still do, in getting good exercise, being aware of getting time to rest, getting time to reflect. In fact, the last few years, I've started meditating, which I always talked about, but I never did consistently. And now I love it. I think if you're going to be able to serve and help others, it's very difficult to do 
if you're not feeling good about yourself. And so having self-care, I think, is where it all starts and having a personal growth plan, having a personal wellness plan. I started working with my colleagues many years ago when I started to read about financial independence, you know, and it's funny because I would say a few things and they thought I had the plague, you know, it's like, oh, we don't want to hear about that. I'm like, well, if you don't have an idea on how you're going to become financially independent, you're not going to become it. Uh, So I think those are things as a person that, you know, you want to teach leadership. The first thing is you got to be the example. And you know what? I mentioned uh, some of the questions that I ask people. I don't ask those questions before I have a clarity of what I. Another thing that I talk to a lot of people about is who are you? What are you all about? And I talk about that from a personal mission statement. And like I took time because most people do not have clarity. And I say my personal mission statement is to be an outstanding role model that makes a positive difference in the world by helping others make their dreams come true. And then I turn it back and say, what's yours? And then I give them some ideas. Because I believe a personal mission statement is something that you discover. And it takes some time, but I do give them some steps. Like, for example, I say, okay, what are your most important values? And are you aligning your values and your actions, you know, so that you're trying to develop some consistency in your life? I'm jumping around a little bit, but I always used to tell our players that you're always on stage. And what I was really saying is the importance of leading by example, because I wanted to be an outstanding role model. It really magnified some of the bad habits is that I knew that I'd eliminate them or I wasn't really being a very good role model. For example, one of the challenges I had a mentor many years ago, he said, Jim, I, you know, I know you're not a big drinker, but you, you know, you'll go out after a game. I want you to a serious challenge. And this was like my last 23 years in coaching. He says, I want you to tell your players and your coaches. I was trying to work with young people about staying sober and making good choices. He says, well, you always talk about being a role model. I want you to tell your team and your parents that you're not going to drink alcohol during the season. And at first I was like, whoa, but I did it. I did it my last 23 years. And it really helped me because it starts with making and keeping promises with yourself before you can teach other people. When you make a bold statement, you better be able to follow through and align your words and your actions Mm -hmm. consistently. And it's clear how you approach leadership as a big responsibility. It's Mm -hmm. not just a title. It's not just a role. It is an incredible responsibility. And sometimes it's very difficult, but it starts with yourself, right? And so clearly you're a lifelong learner. What are you learning right now, Jim? I read a book every week. So I uh, really like the book, The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. A book that I about halfway done is called Captivate. I've gone to the global leadership, you know, locally, you know, I've done that for the last four years and I just love reading books. I mean, you know, I'm a leadership guy. I mean, I've read almost all of John Maxwell's books. I've read a lot of Patrick Lencioni's books. You know, I've read a lot of different coaching books because, you know, obviously I was a basketball coach. I'm fascinated in how they led their teams. But the one thing that I've really discovered, whether you're leading your family, you're leading a business, you're leading a basketball team, there's a lot of the same principles. You know, effective leaders are going to be effective in almost any situation. And bad leaders are going to be bad in almost any situation because they don't have the basic fundamentals. I talk about seven keys to being an effective leader. It's on my website of one of my keynotes. So uh, absolutely. Fantastic. Now, you mentioned the book Captivate. Yes. Do you remember the author? 
Yes, her name is Vanessa Van Edwards, and she was actually, oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> you know what I love about you, Tim? You're so well-rounded, and I love that you've read books written by women. I'm starting a second book, and I'm actually doing, I'm co-authoring with a uh, female professor from one of the local colleges. She's actually originally from Bangladesh, so. Uh, oh, fantastic. She, what do you tell yeah. us about that? I have a small team that, you know, for my speaking business, and I wrote this book back a few years ago, and because I've been doing so many leadership talks, my team's been like, you got to do a leadership book. And I said, you know what? I agree, but it's got to be the right time. And of course, COVID, I guess, became the right time. So <laughs> right? I befriended a local college professor. She actually has a nonprofit called Heroes for All. Her name is Dr. Renuma Kareem. And we've been talking for the last four months. And we decided about two months ago, we're calling it a blueprint. We don't have the exact title yet. But basically the concept, our target market is we want to work with young and emerging leaders. In fact, we're starting some surveys with high school, college, and young professionals, you know, getting some feedback. I've read, as I said, hundreds of leadership books, but I've not seen too many leadership books that have focused on the youth. And I think that's where it all starts. So that's our focus. We want to write a really good leadership book that can people that are just getting started on leadership of having these foundations to help them be successful as a leader. I think that's very important. These are our future leaders in just giving them these pearls of wisdom. I'm very curious. Are you, have you uh, finished the book, Captivator? Or are you just starting? Yeah, yeah, I did. I bought this a while ago. But she anyway. was one of the speakers at the Global Leadership Summit, and she yeah. just blew me away. She was so good. And so I... Pretty uh, captivating. I, <laughs> yes, exactly. I can't say any better than that. All right. So, Jim, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? What most concerns me right now is some leaders that are intentionally about dividing us. And I think that's disappointing. But I'm also encouraged because I think anytime you go through crisis or adversity, I think good things are come out of it. I think it'll make us stronger in the long run. And I want to speak to that a little bit because the first thing you spoke about was the 17 losses, right? And the failures. And as leaders, we will face that, but it doesn't mean that we have to stay there. We can grow our leadership. And I wasn't always taught that, Jim. I had to learn that. So even if you're a poor leader today, it doesn't mean you have to stay there. And for the sake of other people, please grow yourself, right? Right. (laughs) Please. And so that's why we're here. We recognize and understand good leadership, but we also see the impact of poor leadership and how devastating that can be. And that's why we're having these conversations. And so we're at a place where I can either ask you a question from a former guest, or you can share a struggle, a challenge, a failure that you've learned from. Share a question from a former guest. All right, so let's do that. I think it'd be too long to go over all my failures. (laughs) (laughs) So Jake Thompson, and I love this question and I've asked it several times. What is one thing that you can do to extend your awareness to someone who is not like you? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that you have to have the willingness to talk to that person. And when I say talk to them, make it, have a conversation, but with the fact that I think you have to have the empathy and the willingness to listen. That's so hugely important. And when I get in trouble is when I don't listen. 
in my mindset, this is what I believe, and I don't care what you believe. And when you do that, nothing gets done productively. So I think it's so hugely important is that when you have a disagreement, that you have the ability to reach out and talk it over and do more listening. As I always kid people, the old adage that you have two ears and only one mouth, so you should listen at least twice as much as you talk. And I think that that's where it all starts. And the other thing that I think is, we've talked some about this, but having the ability to try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And when I do that, it helps me immensely. When I don't do that, when I'm always staying in my own shoes, it usually creates issues. And having tools to really work on things that can trigger you, right? Because that's when we lose it. Words can trigger us, but that's where personal growth comes in. That's where coaching comes in. Mm -hmm. And that's important. That's part of the work that you do. You coach leadership. No, I think one of the things is have questions, ask questions, and then be quiet or listen to the answers. Mm -hmm. So as a listener of this podcast, Jim, what is a question that you would like future leadership guests to respond to? I'm going to start with, and my challenge to all the listeners is, do you have a personal mission statement? And if not, start that journey and get clarity about who you are. Because I think to be the most effective person you can be is to really have clarity about what you are, what your values are, what you stand for, are your words and actions aligning. And if you do that consistently, then I think it leads to open doors for you to become a much more effective leader. I'll add one other thing is... uh, Uh, You know, we hear about this all the time, but I used to always tell our players, when you think it, ink it, are you writing your goals down? Do you have clarity about what's most important? You know, because I always used to tell them, if you don't have a target, you can't possibly hit it. So I think it's really important that you have clarity and a direction about, you know, your goals and your direction you want in your life. It's the foundation of how we grow. I think two of the most important questions, I know start with why is important. Simon Sinek's work is amazing. But also, I'm with you. The question is, who are you and what do you want? I've come across incredibly smart people that stumble on those questions. So it's Mm -hmm. not about cognition. It's about knowing who you are and what you value as leaders. Um, So I love the work that you're doing. Um, And so thank you so much. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I love helping people. So if I can help you in any way, and I will encourage everybody, you know, I used to kid people because, you know, I was noted as kind of a motivator and I still am. And I always used to say, who motivates the motivator? And so I think it's really important that you have ingredients and you feed your mind with the right ingredients on a daily basis. You know, you got to guard your mind, just like you should be guarding what you put in your mouth to eat. I think it's just as important that you guard your mind and making sure that you're putting much more good information as opposed to negative information. Again, if I can help anybody, you know, I do keynotes and workshops and I do some individual coaching. And uh, as I said, we have some free opportunities with a uh, newsletter and blog and some of the things that we do to try to uh, help people. And you certainly can connect. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. I'm doing a little bit with Instagram. I'm not quite up to snuff on that one. So, but you certainly. Okay. And so they should look for Coach. At Coach Jim Johnson for Twitter and the same with Coach Jim Johnson. I have a Facebook page and also for LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Lily. Have a fantastic day. 
You too. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.